0: This is a GRDC podcast.
1: Imagine if your barley crop could look after itself and all you had to do was enjoy a beer after it was harvested and brewed. Uh Uh-uh, we're not talking about a share farming plan where the partner does it all while you just sit back. It's about automated farming at a UK research site that's become known as the Hands Free Hectare. In England's West Midlands, you'll find Shropshire, home to Harper Adams University and a very special one-hectare paddock. Special because it's where the world's first hands-free crop was grown. The barley crop was sown, nurtured and harvested using automated machinery. Agricultural research engineer Martin Abel was part of the project's team and he explained to Stacey Wordsworth that a major attraction for him was being able to work with the smaller machines farmers used
2: 50 to 60 years ago. These facilitate precision farming so we can put inputs uh, more precisely where they should be and in the right amounts and just push the sustainability side of farming as well, which is obviously something that becomes more and more important with legislation and consumers.
0: I understand that the equipment that you used was really simple. It was all things you could basically buy off the shelf. So what was that equipment and what was the process involved to make the whole farming system hands-free?
2: Yeah, so we used uh, the autopilot from a drone as the brains of our vehicles. We kind of recognised that that did everything that we needed uh, an autonomous tractor or combine harvest to do. Uh, simplistically, we took the the commands from the, the drone autopilot and worked out how to interface those with the, the human controls on our vehicles. Um, and essentially, yeah, chopped around using off-the-shelf components to, to do that, that translation of outputs to, to inputs into the tractor and the other vehicles.
0: Obviously, this also presented some challenges as well though. What what were some of those?
2: Yes, absolutely. Um, the autopilot of a drone actually thinks quite differently compared to the, the code in a commercial auto steer system. Um, and that's something that we sort of battled against throughout the year of our project. Um We got much closer to where uh, an auto steer would be in terms of straight lines and functionality, but still not perfect. I guess that shows that an £80 computer and um, free open source software uh, are a good place to start, but the money that the big guys spend on development is is really worthwhile when it comes to polishing the edges.
0: How, if you're hands-free on a crop, did you monitor for things like nutrition and for pests?
2: Our agronomy revolved around data we could capture with a drone, Again, quite simplistic, there's far more uh, complex algorithms than what we use. We used a multispectral camera to gather uh, NDVI imagery. We then used this imagery to uh, identify the, the best and the worst parts of the crop and send a ground rover to these parts of the crop to bring a sample back. This was fundamental because legislation in the UK uh, stipulates that a qualified agronomist must make agrochemical recommendations, so we had to find a, an alternate way to maintain uh, the hands-free status of our crop.
0: Where is the hectare? Is it hidden away somewhere, or is it something that people can see?
2: No, it's something we, we love people coming to see. It's, it's on the back of the Harper Adams University campus in Shropshire, just behind the rugby pitches. and. Yeah, we often have visitors, mostly students, coming down to watch uh, autonomous operations in the hectare.
0: Of course, you know, the, this is in the UK that we're talking, but you've just been in Western Australia now, you're in Queensland. Is this a concept that you can see working in Australia?
2: Yes, in fact, there are already autonomous vehicles working on a couple of farms in Australia. They're doing the, the most simple operations at the moment, so the, the summer weed spraying and some uh, tramline regeneration in CTF systems, which is, I guess the only operations that are suitable for the current technologies but yeah you guys are already doing it over here.
0: Your goal I believe is to have a completely hands-free farm and and you're already taking it up a level by trying to grow some hands-free wheat at the moment. Do you think that's possible?
2: Yes, we, we'd love to set up a hands-free farm, uh, again on the same small scale that we've got now, maybe 20, 25 hectares with four or five fields. But again, use this as a demonstration piece to, to farmers in the UK and across the world that this is a scalable technology and something that could and can work and inspire them to do the same.
0: You're saying this is the future of farming. How realistic is it to think that this is the way we will farm into the future and how far off do you think that is?
2: The adoption depends on the, the complexity of the task, um, so at the moment we do see these simpler operations happening. I don't believe it'll ever be entirely hands-free, I just think it'll be a, a change in, in skills um, and the the farmers and the operators' times will be spent on those more complicated tasks and those things that, that don't just involve the, I guess the robotic thing of sat on an auto steer driving up and down in a straight line, instead they will be they'll be out there making agronomic decisions and all those other things that, at the moment, robots could never achieve.
0: What sort of interest from investors have you had, and are there people out there willing to throw some money at this?
2: We ourselves haven't had that much interest from investors, uh, and we believe that that's because the big companies are already working on this themselves, Um, certainly the feeling we get from speaking to them. And I guess they're they're waiting for the the market to be ready and the, the other technologies to be ready to support this. Once that does happen, well, I think we will see the big manufacturers enter this uh, autonomous marketplace as well.
0: So to sum up, what are the big advantages of going hands-free?
2: The one advantage is the possibility of uh, scalable machines, so smaller machines, more precise inputs. Um, second to that, the timeliness. Um, obviously, some operations happen at the middle of the night, different times of the day. It would be better if um, we didn't have to be there physically ourselves Agriculture is currently not regulated in terms of working hours like some other industries are. If that ever was to happen, autonomy would be perfect solution to that. And again, yeah, like I've said, the benefits of farmers better utilising their time on, on tasks that don't just require sitting up and driving up and down a field.
0: I also am led to believe that the team's malting the barley that you've harvested, so will there be some beer on tap for everybody involved?
2: Uh, Yeah, we're hoping to have some beer within a month's time and, uh, yeah, I'm sure there'll be a big party with all people involved with the project.
1: Martin Abel from Research and Development Team Precision Decisions and since that podcast was recorded, sadly, all the beer crafted from the hands-free hectare has been consumed. I'm Chris Brown and you've been listening to a GRDC podcast.